comics, movies, music, video games, technology, Blu-ray, television. This is the HHW LOD Podcast Network. The world we know is gone. No Netflix, no iPads, no Instagram, no podcasts. In a world ruled by the dead, we are finally forced to start living. everybody, and welcome back to the Walking Dead TV podcast, episode 91 in this case. I'm Jordan from Jersey, and I'm joined tonight by Brad Milo and Jim Dietz. How are you both doing tonight? Doing well. Feeling quite zombalicious. So it's been a while, we apologize, but we're back. We're back in force, and tonight we've got a, a, a commentary track for you for season three, episode one, which we're excited to get into. But before we do that, we want to send everybody over to DCBService.com. DCBService.com is where you can get all of your comic book needs. That's comics and trades and t-shirts and all kinds of cool stuff. You can get them at great discounts, 30, 40, 50, sometimes even more percent off. And if you enter in the code WD8, get an extra 8% off on your order if you're a first-time buyer or you haven't ordered in over a year. And how cool is that? We should mention that our website is back up and running full steam. All of the feeds, including the Walking Dead feed and the HHWLOD master feed, are slowly being backfilled from current episodes back going backwards in time. So if you're looking for an old episode that's not up yet, uh, give me a little while and it'll be up. I'm, uh, I am filling the Walking Dead feed, uh, and the Master feed and the Half Hour Wasted feed. I think, I think some other guys are working on the other feeds on the network. So, uh, again, we appreciate y'all's patience and, um, be sure to, uh, go resubscribe to the feeds in iTunes. We all are all back up on iTunes. It took, took a little longer than expected to get all that stuff up and going, but we have definitely, uh, returned so we're very happy about that and we thank russ who can't join us for uh doing all the heavy lifting yeah, and go over and check out hhwlod.com or walkingdeadtv.com to see the brand new and extra beautiful website yes because it looks very good so uh queue up your digital video file of choice we're not going to ask you how you got it we don't care we just want to talk about it ah should i I should probably use <laughs> DVR, iTunes, Amazon. Yeah. However yeah, that's you got what I, it. That's what I was talking about. Exactly. We don't care right. who you pay your money to as long as you pay your money to somebody. Right. So uh, we are going to skip any previously on, and we're going to go right into the meat of the show. And we will start that on a – we'll do a five count, and I'll say uh, five, four, three, two, one – Play. 
I guess play be play is zero then technically. So hit hit play on play. Right. And that would be three two one play, like three two one zero. So if you need a zero, then say zero instead of play. By all I'm means let's let's complicate zero. let's complicate this process as much as possible. I'm trying to figure out how to complicate it in a way that we've not complicated it before. Let's not and say we did. Alright. Let's just get into this. Uh, here we go, fellas. In five, four, three, two, one, play. There we are. We got some gray something out of focus here, right? Yes, we do. Somebody's, I can eye. somebody's eyeball. Mm. I have not seen this since it aired, or um, maybe a week after it aired when I watched it for a second time. Probably about the same, yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, Senator Strom Thurmond. <laughs> he does look familiar, doesn't he? He looks like the guy who played the older Night Owl in uh, in Night Boom. Owl 1 in Watchmen. Hey, wait, who was that? Who's that right there? Tyrese. Not Tyrese, right. T-Dog. T-Dog. They did it. They, who, they, they tricked me. Who's T-Dog? Poor no, no, it wasn't T-Dog. that long ago that T-Dog was with us. Not sure I remember that character. We get it. What is uh Love Carl Silencer right there? Yeah, what is what is that silencer made of? Uh his seems to be made out of uh, like maybe the base to a model rocket or something, something metal and conical. Yeah, it's cone shaped. And I think somebody I else has one that's made out of like a maglite or a similar brand of flashlight. Yeah, I don't know if we see that right away, but I do definitely remember seeing that this year. Now, of course, despite the fact that we're talking, this first uh, this first scene is like what three and a half minutes of uh, complete wordlessness in the actual yeah. episode. Yeah, yeah, it really gets across how much they've uh, been working together as a team and how they've been going from house to house, scavenging this whole time, and how they have it all down to a science, pretty much as sweeping clear. You know, that zombie that Carl just shot looked like Grandma from uh, from the Preacher comic. <laughs> I thought you were going to go with uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre Part 2. Yeah. I thought he was going to go with Beverly Hillbillies. <laughs> we saw Daryl a second ago. I just thought I'd pass on the news that I sold my unboxed Daryl Dixon, Dixon action figure on eBay for the final sale price of $82.75. Good deal. Somebody really wanted it. Did it come oh, with an oddly positioned owl? Does owl taste like chicken? I doubt it. I don't it. know off the top of my head. No, it probably tastes like squab or quail, like kind of gamey and darker. Yeah, because its, it's diet's going to be completely different than that of a chicken. Beth and Lori and uh, baby Judith. Super pregnant. I've seen two pregnant bellies up close in my in my time. Only two? Well, up close. And uh, neither one of them looked that fake. <laughs> well, that's probably because they were both real. I know. Oh, there's Rick's. Rick had the mag mag light silencer. Just oh, now. did he? Okay, I did yeah. not. I did not see it this time. Oh, this is the scene with the dog food. I remember when this came out. There was a lot of debate. It's like if they were really. You know, that hungry and that desperate, and, and Lori is pregnant, why didn't they go ahead and eat the dog food? I mean, I know it's a matter of pride, but I mean, pride, I mean, survival over pride, right? What is, what does Daryl feel the need to, to pluck the owl feathers right now? Are they that hungry? 
gotta do it while it's fresh, probably. I guess. I've never I've never defeathered any type of bird, so I don't know the protocol. Look at poor Herschel looking at that dog food like, man, it's like Christmas. This episode is, of course, called Seed. I still don't understand this, why he won't let him eat the dog food. It's just like refried beans. It's just what I was saying. If they were that hard against it, you know, up against it, why not? Maybe the ga- the gas uh, attracts zombies. Hmm. There comes a point when you go, you know what? I really probably should eat that cat instead of just looking at it. Is that a broken garden gnome? Refresh my memory. Was season three broken up into two parts? Yes, it yes, was. Sir. Like season two? Okay. Because this all seems like a long time ago. Well, it aired on August, or August, uh, October 14th of 2012. It's currently How come the Hyundai's never dirty? They wash it with dog food. I almost just now said, where's Herschel's crutch? Oh. <laughs> they really forgot the continuity in this episode, huh? Hey, spoilers! And this is the episode where uh, he gets his crutch. Our brand new season three opening credits. Did it really happen that early, Jim? It happens at the end of this episode, I'm pretty sure. Wow. The video editor in me is just completely jealous of whoever gets to cut this open. All these fish-eyed shots. I guess not all of them are, but a lot were right in a row there. Cool effects, and just the fact that he's working on Walking Dead. This episode was written by Glenn Mazzara, who was the showrunner for Season 3, and uh, directed by Ernest Dickinson, who has directed quite a few Walking Dead episodes, I believe, at this point. So now we're getting our first words of the entire season, six minutes into the episode. Are we supposed to believe Carl, Carl and Rick have the same size head? (laughs) <laughs> uh, it's possible. Wait, who's that guy in the back talking to Rick? Standing right next to Rick. Who was that? I think you mean T-Dog. Who's T-Dog? I don't remember him. We miss you. How many times are we going to make that joke? When it stops being funny, I'll stop saying it. So, the so you're going to go back time... in time a month now or so and stop yourself from saying it? I just, I'm just still a little bitter that they misused his character so much, in my opinion. All's well that ends well. Here's our very first shot of the prison. Now, walking up here, Daryl says, that's a shame. And then that's all anybody says. I'm wondering what he meant by that. Referring to the prison or before he sees the prison? I've got my volume turned all the way down, so. 
um, well, it was in the previous shot of them walking along the tracks, but you see a bit of the prison, and he says, that's a shame. And I'm the only thing I could think of is that he would say that's a shame because, you know, that would be great to be there, but there's so many zombies there, we can't get in there safely. Maybe that's what he's thinking, but... Well, that seems plausible. I guess. You know what? Look at that water. I don't remember ever seeing that water again the rest of the season. Well, I mean, I'm I'm just going to fathom a guess here, but as they shot, they would have been going further and further into the summer, and I believe there was a drought in uh, that area at the time last year. So it's quite possible there was no more water there because it just all evaporated. Maybe so. Although I feel like when Ghost Lori was walking around... I was just thinking that, George. That he went over a little bridge, maybe? I think you're right. But that's the only other thing I can even think of. Boom chuckalakalaka, boom chuckalakalaka, boom chuckalakalaka. <laughs> I don't know, but I've been told zombies are mighty cold. <laughs> I did it myself there. Check out the windows on the side of the prison. It almost looks like there was a fire inside and that flames licked out and scorched some of the windows. Not the ones they're looking at right now, but in that wider shot, it looked like there was a fire inside at one point. They kept the lawn nice, nice and mowed. That's cool. And zombies get hungry. They graze. This reminds me of when I waited for the um, the Xbox 360 launch. <laughs> we were all crammed behind the chain like fits, just like that. This is the West Georgia Correctional Facility, apparently. I don't know that I've ever paid attention to that sign before. Juicy. That's what we call efficiency, folks. In the liquid center. <laughs> Remember that gum freshen up? Gum yep. when we were kids and had yep. the liquid in the center. I like that Maglite silencer. I don't ha- I don't own a pistol, but I'm thinking about buying one just so I can make a Maglite silencer. Finally get to see Carol doing a little uh target practice. And she's pretty decent apparently. The character of Carol really took huge leaps and bounds in development, kind of in between seasons two and three, but also throughout season three, and then definitely for the better, in my opinion. Yeah. There were so many times, too, that I think people thought Carol was going to die um, along the way there, uh, when she got into danger, but she survived along, you know, when a lot of others didn't, including T-Dog. Do you remember him now? (laughs) I think so. See the, uh, see the black guy in the cast? The One of them. The fire coming, oh, there, is that him? The fire coming out of, um, Carl's gun was, looked like CG that I could do on my After Effects. That was pretty bad. See that right there? That just looks fake.
Well, more than the effect, it's more that there's just zero recoil. Yeah. I mean, with a handgun, you're going to have a little bit, but not a whole lot, but at least some you'd see a little bit, probably. Yeah, those, so many, those guns so, aren't moving at all. So many headshots. Where's Daryl's squirrels? He probably left them in the saddlebags on the motorcycle. Yeah, see those those windows all the way to the right? They got that. Sure do. Look like yeah, look like there was a fire or something. I'm going to get me a poncho like Daryl. A Mexican poncho. Then you'll get all the ladies. What do you suppose they were eating right there? Owl. So at this point in the series... uh, Rick and... Rick and Lori are, they know, he knows about Shane and probably suspects that might be Shane's baby, right? Is this, is this my memory? Yep. Uh, is it right? Yep, you're right. And they're not on speaking terms because uh, he killed Shane and then Carl had to re-kill him. Oh, that right. Yeah, they had, he told her what she, what he did in the finale of season two. That's right. We gave her a little, uh. Flirting going on here between the two of them, Carol and Daryl. They just they're made for each other because their names rhyme, and they have similar haircuts. Well, that's certainly a good basis for a strong relationship. Well, they say couples start to look like each other as the years go by, so if you start out looking like each other, that's going to be a good sign, right? Unless it's your sister or something. That'd be the Game of Thrones podcast. (laughs) Ah, the things he does for love. This doesn't seem like something Daryl would do to me. I don't know, I feel like we got so many more shades of Daryl this season. Oh, we definitely did. Well, the character's coming into his own in the popularity. I mean, he's he's definitely the you know, one of the most popular characters, if not the most popular character on the show now, probably after Rick. Um, I mean, it would it makes total sense that they would bring use him more and give him more depth as the season went on. And narratively, it's nice that, you know, nine, ten month gap they had in between seasons in in the actual showtime and that they can change a lot of the characters up, like we talked about with Carol or or here with Daryl, and they don't have to spend a ton of time explaining it as long as the the changes are subtle enough, you know, because ten months will change a person. Do you think the show would be as good if they killed Daryl? I mean, we all know of the Dixons, Vixens, and the big following, as evidenced by 
the sale of that action figure that I mentioned earlier, but um, nobody's going to pay $82 for a Ghost Lori action figure. I Imagine mean, if, it, uh, if it had been life-size, how much you would have made. <laughs> yeah, really. Um, one of our listeners, uh, Liz BDS Murph Hill, told me that her friend sold her Daryl Dixon figure for over 100 bucks. So I figured, you know, I've enjoyed mine for a while. I think I'll give it a shot. And, you know, I'm happy with what I got. But, I mean, he's obviously a popular character. I, By the way, I love this when this girl sings. It's a very sweet, very pretty voice. Um, I'm just wondering if the show could last without Daryl. I have no doubt that if they killed Rick and Daryl was still alive, that the show would still be as popular. But I'm wondering if it would be the other way around. I think it all depends who they replaced him with or how he died. You know, there's a lot more factors than just is the character there or not. This is kind of a cool scene, though, because you get to see the whole ensemble together. You get to see their relation uh, to one another, kind of a refresher after the, uh, you know, the season, uh, um, you know, after the break between seasons. And this is probably the safest they've ever been, or they've been in that whole interim, you know, after going from house to house scavenging the way they were. Yeah. Now, Brad, if they really wanted to send the popularity through the roof, they'd bring in Sean Patrick Flannery from Boondock Saints. You'd have people across the country losing their minds. And Billy Connolly as the governor. <laughs> oh, if they brought Billy Connolly into the show, I don't care in what capacity, that would be awesome, just because he's awesome. It's sad that the Boondock Saints 2 is a better movie. <laughs> He actually like, looks kind of like one of the prisoners from the comics. I forget which one. Might have been uh, Axel, the the yeah. version of Axel from the comics. Was he the one who had like really big hair? Right. I like the attention to detail they've got with all the zombies in the background on the other side of the fence. It's nice. We're also in the, you have to remember, we're in the throes of the rictatorship right now. You know, this is before he starts to, you know, lose it like he does in the rest of the season, or the you know, second, or the first, end of the first half of this season, I should say. It's a very bright moon for those trees to be lit up that that much. Here we see we get the uh, lowdown on what's going on between Rick and Lori. You know that uh, you know, like you said, they aren't on speaking terms, as you put it, Jordan.
You're right about the moon, uh, Brad. It is really bright. Although I guess some of that could be reflections off the water or the white buildings, but still. And yes, I understand it's a television set. They're going to light it, but... Yeah. We're just supposed to suspend disbelief for that kind of stuff. You know, it's funny how some people go through life watching TV shows and movies and they never give that kind of thing a second thought. I almost envy them. As much as I enjoyed... I have enjoyed the the career that I've had in video production and TV and whatnot. Seeing stuff like that uh, sometimes gets in the way of enjoyment. Hey, it's everybody's favorite ninja. That's a pretty gnarly looking guy right there with the flesh wounds. That's Michonne. <laughs> now coming up, we see this one shot where she uses her sword and two guys at once. In the uh, promos for this uh, season, before long before this episode ended, the the um, uh, long before this began, actually, that shot right there where she beheads the guys, the uh, CG on that in the promo didn't look half as good as it just did. So they obviously did a little bit of adjusting uh, before it uh, finally aired. Love the decapitated head, just still moving. I also love the comic, comically large carabiners they use on the gates. Okay, who's that guy in the background? Who's that? He's on the right. Oh, no, that's T-Dog. Yeah, I like some of the close-up point-of-view shots and, you know, in this, uh, of these guys right here. Is this the the episode where we see Maggie get all happy and go, Did you say that? I believe it is, because we're about to, in a, in a little bit here, see one of my favorite zombies ever in the whole series. The gas mask zombie. Oh, yeah. There's the riot shields. Anybody who's read the comics was excited to see the riot shields. I like how Maggie runs over, stabs, and runs back. Like, <laughs> I'd be doing the same thing. No, it's just it's just kind of funny the motion she was making. That is a buttload of zombies right there. Oh, here we go, Jordan. There's another There's buttload. Riot armor. Riot armor plays a big part in the books. Although, I mean, it did come into play a little bit in the show. Just not as much. There we go. That's the one I'm talking about. Those types of zombies are also really annoying to take out in Left 4 Dead 2. Yes, absolutely. Now there they have sensibly sized carabiners. I think the witch is probably my least favorite. And the smoker is not no great chase either, but the, the witch... The jockey is the most annoying. There you go, there's the line, Brad. I did it. Did you see that? Oh, that's just grody. 
That is one of my favorite effects and favorite zombies of the whole series. Just rip that face right off. Rick looked like he was about to throw up. <laughs> I think I was, too, the first time I saw it. Well, you know, there's decapitating the zombie, then there's ripping the, the, the skin off his face. You know, there's two different levels there. It's interesting Daryl has what look to be traditional wood and real feather arrows in his uh, quiver, whereas normally I think when we see him use them in the show, they are plastic and, uh, you know, well, you plastic gotta, feathering. you got to remember, he's having to fashion his own now, so... That's true, and it looks like there might be a little bit of both in there, but I just don't know that mm. I've ever seen him use one of the classic arrows before. That's what I was going to say, it looks like he has both. The the uh, the plastic ones sit lower in the quiver, though. See, they're not e- as easily visible. I like the composition of this shot. It's very much something out of the comic book. Definitely with a lot of dead space on the either side and use of shadow. Exactly. Oh, the, the lighting in this room in particular, I thought was gorgeous. It really added. It really get added to the character of the prison in itself, you know, just the way it filtered through the dust and, and really gave it a different feel from everything else you'd seen before. And we didn't get a whole lot of that feel the rest of the season, but I was happy we at least got it here. T-Dog just spit something out of his mouth. Uh, probably just spit, but yeah. It's not like it's going to make the prison any more dirty. In fact, it probably just cleans it a little bit. I was just trying to figure out what it was. It wasn't gum, obviously. might have been some flower seeds or something. I don't know. Ouch. Ouch. Hey, I'm trying to take a nap. Yeah, like I said, the use of shadow in this and the, the, the way they're using that gray light, it almost makes it seem like the color is washed out of the scene, you know what I mean? Oh yeah, it was almost black and white, which again evokes the comic in a lot of ways. Right, exactly. I really appreciate that when they, they kind of stylistically nod to the comic. And I know they've aired a lot of episodes in black and white. I don't know if they've ever aired this one, though, but I'd be interested to see what that whole sequence looked like with no color. That one zombie laying in the cell looked like Beta Ray Bill. I missed that. His mouth was just really weird and almost beak-like. Him or... Who did uh, Dominic Monaghan play in X-Men Origins Wolverine? Was that Beak? I don't remember that guy's name. Well, he looks like the comic book version, not the movie version. In the, in the like comic, that. it was Beak, yeah. I think he played a different character in the movie than the comic version, though. Well, that's pretty much how the whole movie was. Sure. Lift with your legs, T-Dog. 
It's much easier on your back. Welcome to Extreme Home Makeovers, Cell Block C Edition. Well, they do move a bus at some point in the episode. Zombie Ty Pennington walks out and starts, <laughs> you know, putting up window treatments and stuff. If you spiked up Daryl's hair, he would kind of look like Ty Pennington. I love that. That's got to be the foulest linen ever that she's laying on. You know, like between dead, you know, zombie and sweaty prisoner and everything else. Would you lay down on that? I don't think I would. After ten months on the road, probably. Well, maybe. Oh, sweet. We got the room with the big blood spatter. Awesome. You just know there are people around that would decorate their room like this on purpose. <laughs> zombie getaway motels. Z and Z. <laughs> I see what you did there. That's not a half bad business idea, though. Especially in Georgia. Well, I mean, in Japan they have a lot of different themed restaurants. There's even a biohazard themed restaurant, so. I mean, I could Which would be that. Resident Evil, I believe, in the U.S. Exactly. But, um. I could see just, like, getting up in the morning at a Z and Z and the. You know, the old lady who owns the place, she dressed as a zombie and she walks in trying to carry a tray of food and she stumbles and drops it all over you and then she turns around and walks really slow to the kitchen to get a towel, but she comes <laughs> back and it's blood-soaked towel and he'd be like, can I just have my croissants, please? Yeah, this whole episode, inside the prison, I mean, at least, it literally does almost look completely black and white when they're inside the prison, because there's lack of any color, you know, even in their uh, their clothing and stuff. I love yeah. how tonight girl always looks like she's smelling something really bad. Like she her probably face. is, she's it's a like, zombie apocalypse. Like, everywhere she goes, like, <laughs> And she's standing outside a deer cooler, that ain't gonna smell good. So at this part, at this point, we're going... Okay, where's Andrea? We've seen... What's her name? We don't even know her name. And then, finally, we finally get to go. Yeah, that's true. I guess for anybody who's not read the book, at this point, they still don't know who she is. Right. And But the la they, they know that the last time they saw her, she had just saved Andrea's, uh, you know, life in the forest, and then so... We've seen a little bit of of this woman who we don't know her name yet, and we hadn't seen Andrea, so that we finally get the answer, you know, where's Andrea? And, and she just gave the aspirin to her that we saw her pick up, so she's just been running out to that uh, Walgreens getting prescriptions for Andrea. Those rolling meat hooks on the rack behind them are very similar to the ones... Uh, and I, I don't know exactly what that building was, but where Andrea's hiding from the governor later in the season. I'm sorry to interrupt, Jordan, but why is Michonne 
putting that lukewarm bottle of water on her head. Because it makes everything on the other side of it look really cool, because of the refraction of the light. You know it's not cold. (laughs) You know, normally, if you're burning up fever, you're going to put something cold on your head, and that's, at first I thought, oh, she's putting that cold water on her head, but wait a minute, that water ain't cold. I still feel like this whole sequence was pretty unnecessary. The whole having Andrea be sick thing just—it never felt like it paid off in the season. Yeah, it seemed like something they touched upon and kind of forgot until later when, you know, Andrea and Michonne kind of confronted one another, and there was kind of the, you know, this is basically just to show their bond, as it were. It was almost like you know, emotional shorthand in a way. But I feel like there'd be better ways to do that, like the way they showed it with the whole group in the beginning of the episode, just having them working like a well-oiled machine. Right. You're right, though. It's kind of touched upon in this episode, and then we never really hear or see of it again. And I feel like it could have been effective. I'm not saying it's a bad idea. I just don't think they went far enough with it. If you're going to do it, do it well. But it's really my only problem with this whole episode. Look at all that firewood. I'm sorry, I'm thinking about needing to restock my own personal uh, supply of firewood for the house. And, uh... In June? Well, yeah, I mean... <laughs> it gets gotta, cold in Texas in the summer. No, I'm just saying you got to spend all summer restocking so you have plenty for the winter. We'll burn a lot of firewood in the winter. Yeah. When it gets all the way down to, what, the mid-50s in Texas? You'd be surprised how cold it gets here. (laughs) One year it almost hit 40. (laughs) Gross. There's an alien running through there leaving trails. It's Christmas time. Santa brought us right here. Still don't miss Lori at all. Well, she was around for most of the second half of the season, even after she died. Yeah, that's true. You can't miss what won't go away. A friend of mine uh, worked on the TV show Prison Break when they shot here in Dallas for uh, the second season. And he got to know Sarah Wayne Callies very well, and he said that she was a very nice woman and um, was really glad to see her uh, pick up another show after uh, she was uh, unceremoniously let go from Prison Break. Well, hopefully at her next show she won't play such a despised character. Like her or not, she really did uh, do an admirable job, an admirable and a, a really good job with uh, with this character. Oh yeah, she did exactly what I she mean, was if, supposed to do. Yeah, if you know the characters that you go eh, about, they're probably not doing their best performance. But when you can't stand a character, when you just can't wait to see one go, that means that. 
You know, that's the way I was with Shane. You know, I just couldn't wait till he was gone, and that's because John Bernthal did such a good job, and I think you could say the same thing about Sarah Wayne Collies. Yeah, my, my gripe isn't with Sarah Wayne Collies. My gripe is with Laurie. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like the character herself. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And uh, Herschel's kind of looking like Kenny Rogers in this sequence. And this is a good scene between the two of them. Go ahead, Brad. Aren't you going to ask who that guy is put on the bulletproof vest? No, I've already abandoned that joke. I even called him by name once. <laughs> Carl on the helmet. Give me that slimy helmet, boy. <laughs> I bet they they all stink. You almost have to. Last time they had a bath was when they were camped out by that rock quarry with the water down there. Where Ed was beating up on Carol. Uh, no, CDC. They would have had the CDC. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, That's what I meant. And maybe, meant. At, maybe at um, Herschel's house. But still, at 10 months, we're talking at that point. And that water out front of the prison looked awful muddy. This is a great sequence. I like the shots that are only lit by flashlights. You must have loved the X-Files. <laughs> I saw two episodes of the X-Files. Well, many of them were had a lot of scenes that were only lit by flashlights. Little graffiti punk. And I like how some of the zombies on the ground have been really just stripped of almost all the meat on their bones. Not all of them, but enough of them to really show you that passage of time and how desperate the other zombies in there have been for any type of meat. So, is the flesh and the meat and the muscles, and I suppose it would be all required for a corpse to be reanimated. You know, like, um, say the zombies ate a guy and they left his brain. Let's, you know, I know that wouldn't happen because that's what zombies like, is brains. Well, in some versions, not in this version, really. Right. Um, but would a... That's a dead-alive type thing, I think. Would a... A zombie without... I guess I'm answering my own question. Well, they'd need enough tendons or muscles to... To, to create movement. I mean, beyond that, you, it could be, quote-unquote, alive or undead, but just completely immobile. Or like yeah, we see, remember Bicycle Girl, where she was like semi-mobile, where she'd drag herself along. Yeah, yeah, this, I, yeah this is true. I just want to hear away, the Benny, Benny Hill music behind this, you know, yakety sax. Benny. <laughs> <laughs> 
Well, it got then. huge pointy fangs. Well, Rick and Daryl sure got themselves hogtied and railroaded that time. <laughs> Those Dixon boys. Herschel went to get the General Lee. They better start flapping their arms or growing some wings. Dukes of Hazard references, people. Yes, we're old. <laughs> is okay. That zombie right there against the wall is that the one? Uh, that one right there. Yeah. Yeah, I think it is. I think you're about a second ahead of me, but yeah. See, right here, he should have just made sure. And in rewatching this episode, um, it really uh, was a clever move to have the zombie in the watchtower inside the prison, you know, look like it could reanimate at any second, but not do it. You know, the one that Rick kind of stabs in the chest to grab the keys from. Right. Because it kind of puts you in a state of almost acceptance of that type of thing. And, you know, you've seen that zombie not react. You've seen all these other zombies on the floor. So even though in normal normal circumstances you'd be really weary of that one zombie sitting up against the wall, you've kind of been ignored to it a little bit throughout the course of the episode. Oh, yeah. Here it comes. see that flashlight on the floor in there that was lit? Yeah. I wonder what that was. Did somebody throw it in there, I guess, when they... I'm going to guess it was one of the prisoners was holding it and dropped it when they heard people coming through the door. Hmm. I never picked up on that before. That is a Man, gnarly bite. Rick makes a pretty pretty quick decision on this one. This is one of the most, like, brutal and, uh, you know, exciting action scenes in this whole season. I mean, think about it. Uh, brutal, I'll say sure. I, th- I think there's a couple other really exciting ones, but in terms of brutality, probably. Yeah. Whoa. Plus, I mean, it speaks to the rectocracy, or the rectatorship, you know what I mean? He doesn't hesitate. It's just like, he got bit, we gotta cut that part off. Okay, you know. He doesn't question it, he doesn't ask Daryl, he doesn't ask, you know what I mean? He just does it. And a great ending line here for the episode. Ah, prison crew, we hardly knew you. Oh, Axel. I am reminded of something that I have been wanting to do during the off-season. And so... Was it grow an Axel mustache? No, this is the perfect time. Um, The two prisoners that survive, you know, the longest... Um. Axel and what's the other one's name? Oscar. Oscar, yes. Do you know who plays Oscar? Uh, Vincent M. Ward was Oscar. You're very right, Vincent M. Ward. I had the pleasure of meeting Vincent M. Ward at the Texas Frightmare Weekend about a month ago or so. Uh, I mentioned her once before. Liz Hill uh, was working there, lucky dog that she is, and she was working uh Vincent's table and she was able to hook me up with a autographed picture of Oscar signed by Vincent Ward and I would like to send that 
to the first person to respond to my uh, my uh, podcast email address, which is brad at halfhourwasted.com. Uh, it's a reference to my podcast that I do with my friends Frank and Bill, if you don't know yet. Uh, but anyway, um, she was able to uh, hook us up with an autographed picture with the intent of giving it away as a prize on the show. So that's what I want to do. If you want an autographed Vincent Ward picture, uh, send me an email, brad at halfhourwasted.com. Liz, you're not eligible since you're the one that gave it to me. But you're real quickly, awesome. Real quickly, before, uh, if you get this episode right as it comes out, I imagine... Uh, you'll be able uh, to um, make use of this information. I'm going to be at Heroes Con this year uh, if, at uh, Charlotte, North Carolina. Uh, it's going on uh, over you know the the weekend of, of June 5th to 8th. And uh, if you want to you know say hi or a shout out and say hello, I'd, I'd be more than happy to talk to any of the listeners and hear what you think about the show, what you like, what you don't like, and uh, all that. I'll be the big guy wearing the green hat and the LOD T-shirt, so I'll be easy to find. How uh, how far a drive is that for you, Jim? It's about a seven and a half hour drive right through the beautiful Monongahela National Forest. So, either That's it's going to be it's going to be a cool drive, or it's going to end up being cabin in the woods, one of the two. So, either way, it'll be interesting. Let's hope it's the former and not the latter. Although the latter although, was an awesome movie. Yeah, I was going to say although that would be one heck of a way to go out, though, Jim. Amen to that. Well, that is the end of our commentary episode. Let us know what you thought. Send us a voicemail, 516-468-7912. That's 516-468-7912. Or send us an email, comments at walkingdeadtv.com. Don't forget, you can check out this show and our other fine shows on Facebook, and you can check out Walking Dead TV Podcast on YouTube, youtube.com slash Podcast, And check out the brand new hhwlod.com or walkingdeadtv.com for all of our great shows like Half Hour Wasted, LOD, which is now the Long Box of Doom, The Black Box, Out Now with Aaron and Abe, and our brand new shows, Jersey Shore, which is mine, uh, Really BS, and uh, Real Heroes, which is always fun. And of course, all those shows can be found on Facebook as well. Follow us on Twitter, at WDTV Podcast and at HHWLOD underscore network. And so until there's no more room left in hell and the dead walk the earth, remember... It's been a long time, but we're back, baby, and we're ready for some more Walking Dead. Have a good week, everybody. Good night. Good night.